This morning's reading is Luke chapter 1, verse 57 to 80. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for, for us in the house of his servant, David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of your God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Good morning, everyone. Um, my name's Jack, if I haven't met you before. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, and this morning we're starting uh, this, this new series in the lead up to Christmas, looking at the theme of, of rejoicing. And obviously, in what we've just read this morning, we can see this joy in Zechariah. We'll be honing in on verses 67 to 80 this morning. Uh, but I'm slightly in shock, right, that Christmas is so close. I feel like it's kind of October still in my head, but there's still lots to do. Is anyone in the same boat? It's kind of like, what, what are we doing here? It's crazy. But, but how are you feeling this December? How are you going? Um, the lead up into Christmas, it makes all of us feel, feel many different things in many different ways. Um, does the idea that Christmas is approaching, does, does that bring you joy? Or does it feel like uh, more of a hurdle that you kind of need to jump over getting into next year? Uh, is Christmas something that you look forward to that brings a smile to your face as you see kind of decorations going up around you? Uh, or is it something you feel maybe more and more anxious about as it approaches for different reasons, maybe even dread? as it approaches. I talk about my lawn a little bit, uh, mostly because I'm terrible at keeping it neat and tidy. I need you guys to help keep me accountable to it. Uh, but last time, I left the mowing for way too long. Uh, it took ages to clean up the garden, to mow all the grass. And one of the things that was harder than it usually is uh, was fixing up the pathway that went from my driveway and up to the front door of the house. 
uh, because grass and weeds basically just overrun the path. and You could barely see it at all uh, because of all the other stuff that was just kind of covering it. I think the lead up to Christmas in the month of December can, can sometimes feel a little bit like that overgrown pathway. Uh, and what I mean is, is you know the pathway's there and at, at the end of the pathway is Christmas Day, uh, but there's just a lot to get over before you get there. Uh, kind of like the game that we played with the kids. I mean, you look up, don't you, and, and you see that part of the pathway is just littered with, with presents uh, gifts that you need to buy, that you want, that you want to buy uh, for family members, maybe for yourself as well. Uh, another part of it is just covered with calendar pages as you plan for events. Part of it's covered with work projects that you need to finish, with school holiday activities as well, with Christmas parties, all, all great things, right? Um, there should be a picture on the screen right here. This is my community group on Thursday. We, we brainstormed what, what a few of those things were that kind of pop up in December that we, that we need to do, uh, that we enjoy doing. So there's this kind of that pathway to my house right there, my beautifully drawn house. You're welcome. Uh, but there's a lot that goes on. Uh, but for some of us as well, that path is kind of littered with sadness, uh, with missing the people we love but who we can't enjoy Christmas with, uh, with mourning and grief as well, or with sad or hard memories. Uh, and it can all be a bit distracting. I don't know about you, but when that kind of pathway in December to Christmas is is overgrown like that, and I trip and kind of stumble my way through the front door of Christmas Day, really kind of just face plant through it, uh, I actually miss completely what Zechariah is expressing in the passage today in the lead up to Christmas. Because he's just so filled with joy, isn't he? He's so thankful. He's celebrating the birth of his son, which is something to be joyful about, isn't it? Uh, But even that's not what his focus is on. It's not where the source of his joy is coming from. See, Zechariah helps clear the stuff as we head down the path to Christmas. He helps us uh, look at all that stuff with a different perspective, one that brings both joy and comfort as Christmas approaches. In Zechariah's response to God in verses 67 to 80 this morning, uh, which is what we'll be honing in on, we see that his joy is based really in, in four things. Firstly, in his thanksgiving for the promised Messiah. Secondly, because of the salvation that has been given to us by God. Thirdly, because of John's role in making this good news known. And fourthly, because of why this salvation has come about. And I hope that for all of us, as we uh, reflect on Zechariah's joy, that it might be a contagious joy for us as we keep moving through December. Whether this month is one that causes Uh, a bit more stress or discomfort, or a month that just brings a smile to your face, or maybe a bit of a combination. You'll see if you have a leaflet in the outline there, uh, point one says, what's underneath all the wrapping paper? Have you ever ever been in a situation on Christmas Day, or maybe even a birthday, or another time when you you unwrap a present, or a few different presents, and you tear all the wrapping paper away, and you see this gift, and you think, wow, what an amazing gift, I love this gift, I'm so thankful for this gift. But then there's that moment of panic because you go, who's it from? Because in all the flurry of torn wrapping paper and everything, the kind of the card that goes with the gift has just kind of become lost under all that paper. You need to dig around on the floor through all of that wrapping paper to find the kind of small card that was attached to it. It can be pretty hard to miss. But in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 67 to 80, uh, we're reading that Zechariah, he has the gift and he's reading the card. 
and he's not keeping it to himself. So he wants everyone to know uh, who this great gift is from, but what this gift means. An amazing gift has been given to Zechariah in his baby boy, John. In Luke chapter 1, verse 14, we read that the angel Gabriel says to Zechariah that John will be a joy and delight to you. And as Zechariah receives this great gift, he bursts forth in praise, doesn't he? He's so joyful, he's so thankful. But it was a bit of a journey for him to get there. And if you know the story about Zechariah, you know what I'm talking about. See, Zechariah was a priest, he was a pretty elderly priest, and he had um, an elderly wife as well, Elizabeth, and they didn't have any children. And one day an angel appeared to Zechariah and told him that his wife, Elizabeth, would give birth to a son. He was told that this son, as we read, would, would bring him uh, joy and delight. He was to name him John. Now, the angel said this about John. In verse 16, it should be up on the screen behind me, earlier in chapter 1, he says, He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their gods, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. See, this was, this was huge news for Zechariah and for, for all of the Israelites. We'll get back to that a bit later on. Uh, but Zechariah, if you remember the story, he doesn't believe the angel. After all, he was an old man and Elizabeth was an elderly woman. And how could all this come to pass through them? Zechariah had maybe forgotten about Abraham and Sarah, kind of growing up in Sunday school, not listening properly. But in response uh, to Zechariah not believing that all of this would come to pass, the angel says, well, now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Uh, so Zechariah is unable to speak until uh, the naming of his son, John. And when Zechariah and Elizabeth name him John, Zechariah's mouth is opened. And how does he respond? When he can finally speak again, the great message of joy. He's received that gift, he's got that card in hand, and he wants everyone to hear what's going on. That's point two, a message of joy. Can you remember that, that feeling of kind of eager expectation and excitement when you know something you've been looking forward to for a long time is finally happening? It might have been a holiday or seeing someone you love that you haven't seen for a while. Maybe it was your wedding day, uh, maybe it was a movie premiere, maybe it is Christmas. Well, imagine that, that for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, there's been this eager and pent-up expectation for something extraordinary to happen. You haven't known when it will come to pass, but you know it will come to pass. See, that was the case for the Israelites. God had made these amazing promises to the Israelites of a king who would come and save them, and bring them into his kingdom, a king who would bring an end to the rift between people and God because of sin. And for the Israelites, it's been hundreds of years since they'd heard from a prophet of God, from someone who was a mouthpiece of God. The last big prophet whose writings were recorded was Malachi, about 500 years beforehand. And for hundreds of years, that the Israelites had existed under the rule of multiple different nations, that lived under the rule of Alexander the Great's empire, and then his divided empire after his death, and now the Romans are ruling over them. And for hundreds of years, they've just been waiting, 
waiting and clinging to the promises of God, feeling the effects and hardships of living in a kingdom, living in a world without God's King, waiting with eager expectation for God to fulfill His promises of salvation, of renewal, but not knowing when that will come to pass. But then in Luke chapter 1, finally, we hear these amazing words from Zechariah, someone who hasn't been able to say anything for the last nine months. Uh, the author of one of the commentaries I've been reading asked this question. He says, Zechariah hasn't been able to speak for, for roughly nine months. So what was there for him to do with his spare time over that period? Whereas usually maybe he, he might have had a good conversation with Elizabeth over dinner or with a friend or a fellow priest, you know, at work, around the office. Well, he can't talk. And there was no TV, no Netflix for him to while away the time with, no radio, no cafes to just wander into, read a nice book at. So you can imagine Zechariah just having all that time uh, to think. And we don't really know what he might have been thinking about, but, but you can imagine he would have had a lot of time to think and, and would have had a lot on his mind, thinking about how to care for a child being uh, born to Elizabeth and himself in their old age. How do they look after him as he gets older? He could have been thinking about how to look after Elizabeth in her pregnancy. Maybe he was thinking about his job as a priest. I mean, was he making a difference in the lives of the people around him? Or thinking more broadly, how is the current harvest going? Was there going to be enough uh, food around to be able to actually feed his family? What was he going to do? But even, even behind these kind of thoughts that could have been there, that there would have been bigger questions and things going on in his mind. See, as I said, Zechariah's people, the Jews, were under the control and power and rule of the Roman Empire. See, one nation after another had come in and oppressed his people. People would be harmed for doing anything deemed rebellious against Rome. So he would have seen injustice, he would have seen suffering. And he was an elderly man. He's been around for a while. He's had plenty of time to recognize the brokenness of the world that's around him. And plenty of time spent reading the Old Testament law, seeing how far people, including himself, have fallen from being able to live rightly before God. There's so much time to think. But he would have also had plenty of time to think on the hope of God's promises of a solution, a solution to the brokenness. Plenty of time to think on the words the angel Gabriel spoke to him. Words about a promise of a son who would prepare the way for the Lord himself. And when you have time to think, what do you think about? What kind of captures your attention and your concerns? When you actually have time to think in December, how do you feel? What do you think about? Maybe you've had some pretty similar thoughts to what may have been going on in Zechariah's mind. Uh, but for Zechariah, who's had all this time to think, he sees his son, the miracle that he is, the amazing gift that he is, and he knows that the God who has promised salvation to his people in this broken world has acted. He sees who this gift is from and what it means. It means that his great hope and the hope of all of Israel and the hope of all the world has been realized. And when he can finally speak, he opens his mouth and it's like the pent-up breath of all of Israel just comes rushing out, just overflows, doesn't it? This joy, this 
praise and this thanksgiving. We read that uh, his father, John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. And in Zechariah's prophecy, we read of those four things I uh, said at the start in verses 67 to 79. The first being thanksgiving for the promised Messiah. The second being salvation gifted from God. The third being John's part to play in sharing the news. And the fourth being why this is all coming to pass. So we read in verses 68 to 70, or 67 to 70, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. For so, so long the Israelites have been waiting for the king that God promised, the king who would come to them and save them, and bring them back to God, never to be separated from Him again. A king from the line of David, a mighty saviour. That's what the horn imagery is getting at, this mighty king. And Zechariah, praises God because the promised Messiah, the promised saviour is finally near. He just bursts out in thanksgiving. Secondly, he's joyful at the salvation this mean has been gifted from God. We read that in verse 71 to 75. Following on from his thanksgiving for the Messiah, that God has granted salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. This deliverance that Zechariah prophesies is not just for those of his day. It extends all the way back to those who God made these promises to, that they might be with him, living alongside and serving in his presence perfectly, without any fear of the enemies of God or those who would seek to oppress them and take them away from God. No one can do that. God remembers the promises he made to Abraham way back in Genesis, that from Abraham will come a great nation of people who would live in the place God promised they would live, who would be blessed abundantly by God forever, rescued from the nations who seek to rule over them, brought to God by this king and never to leave again, but to have peace, to have rest with God. The reading of this, this great salvation brought about through the Messiah, Jesus, finally. And thirdly, we read in verses Uh, 76 to 77 about this role that Zechariah's son John will play in delivering the news of this salvation. We read, you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Uh, Malachi, the, the last prophet recorded for Israel, says this in Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. He says, I will send, this is God speaking, he says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. God says, I will send my messenger. And finally, hundreds of years later, John is born. And he is that messenger. Finally arrived, who will prepare the way for the one who will save And he will make known how this salvation will come about. 
Uh, the Jews might have expected this coming about through mighty battles, but it won't come about through mighty battles. They might have expected it to come about through teaming up with and helping this king, but it won't come about through the efforts of humankind uniting with and helping this king. We read it's a salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. It's a salvation that will come about through the actions of this King Jesus, who would willingly give up his life to die for us, so that the punishment we deserve because of sin will be poured out on him instead. See, he offers the rescue, the salvation that we all truly need in this broken world. The thing that cuts us off from God, the thing lying at the center, the center of all the brokenness that we see in the world and at the center of our brokenness. Jesus came to deal with that, to deal with our sin or our rejection of God, to deal with our deserving to be treated like his enemies as a result of it. Jesus brings rescue from all of that through the forgiveness of sin made possible only by Jesus willingly going to the cross to die. It's the most important news there is. And John went out before Jesus, preparing people to receive this news. It's a salvation everyone everywhere needed to hear and still does need to hear. But Zechariah is not done, is he? He shares why all of this will come about in verse 78 to 79. He says it's because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. Zechariah overflows with a message of joy because the God who we are cut off from has shown the way for us to be with him. And it's all because of his tender mercy, through which instead of giving us what we deserve, being his anger, instead he comes to us himself, the light from heaven, Jesus, who shines on those living in the dark to steer us away from death and judgment toward the path of peace, to the path leading to forgiveness and life with God as we turn to this promised Messiah in repentance and faith. Zechariah is just overflowing with joy because of this love and this mercy and this good news of a God who isn't silent, of a God who doesn't turn a blind eye to the brokenness of the world, but has offered the only solution there is to it through his promised Messiah, Jesus and for us this December, well, how can Zechariah's overflowing message of joy shape our thoughts and, and our heart attitudes as we move in towards Christmas? That's point three, comfort and joy this Christmas. I talked at the start about that overgrown pathway at the beginning. Well, how does Zechariah's response to the amazing God who's given this great gift, how does that help clear the path to what Christmas is all about? being the birth of our Saviour Jesus into the world for you. I can think of several ways, uh, but I hope you can think amongst yourselves and discuss together what this might look like as well. Actually, the first way I think we can do this uh, is by taking the time to think. Take the time to think. Like Zechariah would have had all that time to think about what the birth of John signified, being that the Saviour was coming into the world... Uh, we too should take the time to think about and reflect on this ourselves. What does it mean to you that God would act this way? What does it mean to you that He has shown tender mercy to you? 
It's the busiest time of the year for a lot of us. But dedicate some time to reading through Luke chapter 1 this week. And afterward, go back and just read out loud the words of Zechariah's song. Have them echoing around in your mind this week as you go about work or are occupied by Christmas jobs or, you, or as you're going about trying to just wrap up the year well. See, what does it mean to you that God has acted this way and that he's shown tender mercy to you? That's the first thing. Take the time to think. The second thing is, uh, don't let the message disappear with all the wrapping paper. See, Zechariah puts in perspective for us what is important, doesn't he? Not just in December, but every day of every year. And it's that God has acted in order to save and has done so through his son. John was the messenger who prepared the way for the Lord, proclaiming salvation through the forgiveness of sin. And it's not something we reflect on once a year at Christmas, is it? See, like John, we are messengers with good news. It's God's rescue plan for the world, and we know it. So this Christmas, how is this good news shaping the way you interact with friends and with family who don't know that good news? It's easy to get bogged down in organising things, isn't it? In rushing from event to event, from making those cakes and wrapping the Christmas tree, all the presents, all that kind of thing, all the other big things that kind of come about. It's easy to get bogged down. But keep in mind that Zechariah puts into perspective what is important, not just in December, but every day of every year, that God has acted in order to save and has done so through his son. Don't let the message disappear along with all the wrapping paper. And thirdly, remember how God's actions toward you show how he feels about you. Remember how God's actions toward you show how he feels about you. See, God moved heaven and earth to come to you himself because he loves you. Jesus wasn't born into this world so he could just get the job done, disappear and forget about you. He was born into this world to save you, to make it possible for you to make it impossible for you to be taken away from him again. He does care about what you go through. You're precious enough that he died for you. And he does feel and understand your pain. He does not ignore it. See, this world is broken. But God has acted so that the hope Zechariah felt about a saviour coming and dealing with this broken world is an even greater hope that we can cling to knowing that eternity with our loving God awaits us and has been secured in Jesus. We see a much fuller picture than Zechariah did. In the brokenness that we might actually feel, and particularly in December, we can feel and know hope, and we can know great joy because of who our God is. So let's be mindful that December, and especially Christmas, might not be a particularly nice time for everyone. So reach out to those who you know might be struggling at this time of year for whatever reason. Take care of them. Uh, But lastly, in your conversations around Christmas and the month of December, uh, don't just become absorbed in Christmas Day activities and the things that need to get done. Let's be absorbed in who the day is about. Don't forget why we celebrate Christmas. It's really easy to get caught up in the busyness and the chaos of December and to to forget this, isn't it? Forget what Christmas is all about. That our Saviour was born, that God came to this earth for us. 
So like Zechariah, just overflowed with joy and the good news of what John's birth signified. Well, let me lead us in prayer and thanksgiving to God for how he's acted toward us. And then we're going to sing as well. We're going to praise God joyfully for how he's acted toward us. Let me lead us in prayer. Let's pray. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. We praise you, God, for the joy and comfort that is ours in your son, Jesus. We praise you for salvation through the forgiveness of our sin. We praise you for your tender mercy that you have shone brightly into the world that we might become yours and never be let go. As December moves forward, please help us to remember what Christmas is about. We rejoice in how you've acted toward us, Father. And please help us never forget how incredible and wondrous is the salvation that you have given us through your Son. Amen.